Welcome back to Focus. I'm Ron Cisco. Having spent a little bit of time in New Mexico recently, um, I've passed through a city called Española. Española is a, a small town. It exists in between uh, Taos, which is a, a skiing tourist destination, and Santa Fe. It's, um, it's a pretty well-built community. There's a lot of people there. And, um, and interestingly enough, down the main street is a sign uh, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but I, I think it used to be a casino sign, LED, multicolors, string light, uh, and it says Jesus, flashing lights, Jesus. I can't remember the name of the ministry that owns it. It's, it's a ministry and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a casino building, a very small one. And I remember remarking to my wife, we, we travel a lot on a motorcycle and, um, I remember saying, you know, I don't understand ministries and advertising. There are all these ads about anti-abortion and drug abuse and uh, spousal abuse that you see trying to connect people to, to a ministry service. And, um, and I'm, I'm going to try to keep my reflections on religion off for a little bit. We'll get to that. But, uh, but to me, I guess if I ran a ministry, my, my sign would be simple just a large black and white sign that said, if you're looking for a sign, this is it. And then either the phone number or the website to, to um, whoever your ministry is. I know people who believe in, in those things that come along with religion think that they're helping, that, that they can um, talk to Jesus or God or whatever it is that your faith allows for and that they'll provide some sort of relief from, from addiction or pain or abuse or something. But, but to me, that seems dishonest because the people involved, they don't want to help or they can't help because they're not going to call the police for you or they're not going to get you in a drug treatment program. But somebody who would come in from a sign that says, this is your sign, they might be a little bit more receptive. To me, it's a good general message. It's, it's bright. It's, it says something. It gives you a little bit of hope. And it's, it's not relegated to one type of person. Anybody looking for that sign can follow it. As far as that ministry goes, I, I don't know anything about it. I don't really, I don't subscribe to any sort of religion. I went on my own faith search a long time ago. And, uh, and it's not for me, but I also don't want to take it away from anybody else who has it. Um, if it's, if it's for you, if it, it helps you do good things, if it keeps you in check, good. I hope you keep that for a, a very long time. But I also think it's one of those things that you need to find on your own. Um, when you're, when you're young and you're, you're forced into whatever it is that your parents believed in that that's indoctrination. However you want to look at it, you're forced into just following the, the, paint by numbers rituals that you have to take care taken and and do you like however you want to define god and religion and those things that shape those things you're not finding the same relationship that you would in a, in a personal search and that seems a little disingenuous to me honestly that conversation that i had with my wife about the billboards that kind of slipped my mind i hadn't thought about it in a long time but i started thinking about it recently i read about uh, Chick-fil-A having to close their first UK store because their lease won't be renewed. Um, there's a lot of protests involved. 
Chick-fil-A, or at least the owners, were involved in giving large amounts of money to groups that uh, discriminate against gay uh, people. I, well, I, I assume more than just gay people, but that's generally the fo- focus of that. Uh, I think that they were involved in helping pass a law that specifically made it um, punishable by death in another country to be gay. I believe that was uh, Uganda that, that passed that law. One of those, one of those things that, that kind of drives me crazy is, uh, is the quotes that are associated with, with what I've heard from what this family believes. And uh, one of them very specifically said that, um, that homosexual acts would bring the judgment of God onto our nation. I know biblically a lot of people like to cite Babylon for being one of the uh, instances of God smiting an entire city, uh, a couple of other instances as well. But I, I, I'm not sure that, that my understanding of what God is, God is supposed to be, what, what God is preached as, um, fits in with that imagery. I've, uh, I've spent a lot of time in churches and at other religious functions and, uh, and hearing the same story, that God is beautiful and merciful and we should be thankful for his grace. And, um, and again, not getting into religion, but I feel like it's always also been at a very individual level, how you, your relationship with God has developed and, uh, and whether or not you pray and, uh, and accept him into your heart and, and whether or not you, you take what you're supposed to learn from the Bible and apply it to how you live your life. Unfortunately, there's a lot of gray area in religion, in interpretation, in, in kind of everything. But, but a lot of people take that to mean that how you live your life should be how everyone should live their lives. And I've seen a lot of people seem to take it into accountability that if they don't apply that to everyone's lives, it doesn't count. It, it somehow doesn't matter that they had lived up to those um, expectations. Worse yet, in most of the observance that I've had, in most of the experiences that I've had, those same ideals that they would like to apply to other people aren't applied on a personal level. And I'm not, again, using this as a full criticism of religion. This is a very individual thing, because there are some people who live good lives, I guess, by that metric. Who, who believe in that and, and try to live by that. The problem with the rhetoric of inspiration is that it's very easy to take anything to mean what you want it to mean. I, rather, I, I, I uh, remember rather sheepishly uh, of a, an instance when, uh, when my dad was, he used to work um, a, a bunch of different jobs. He tried to career change it for a while. Uh, he wanted to sell cars. And we were... At this Ford dealership, um, waiting for him to be done. And I remember uh, there was a lightning storm outside, and my brother and I—we never really had a lot of regard for uh, religion, especially not at this point. So we thought it would be cute to play Magic Eight Ball with a lightning storm. Neither of us took it seriously, but we asked yes or no questions of uh, of this lightning storm and, and uh, Mortal Kombat was big at the time. So I remember at one point we asked something like if, if, if Raiden is real, uh, show us a sign. And we, we got a bolt of lightning or, or we didn't, I don't remember the de- details of it, but one of the other people who worked at the car, a car dealership, a car wash, um, came up from behind us and said, well, you know, you're just, you're leaving those questions up to chance. It's just coincidence that the lightning's going off, but you know who is real? 
Jesus Christ. For this gentleman whose name I, I do not remember, um, I know that he's, he's trying to apply what in his mind has become a real truth. A set of circumstances that brought him to whatever it was that brought him uh, faith, that, that, that created that in him. In his mind, two children playing a blasphemous game, looking up at the lightning in the sky, was uh, something he could correct with the same set of circumstances, really, in his own life, leading to faith in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. The really difficult part about separating what, what is real and what is false is that everything is anecdotal. At the end of the day, there's, there's no way, there's no way to, to really prove the existence of a God. Everything that can be turned into science somehow is given credit to God. And I would be fine with that. Except people use God as credence to deny actual science. Kirk Cameron famously made some awful argument about how evolution couldn't be real because if evolution was real, uh, a unicorn would just pop into existence right in front of you. And, and there are people who accept this line of logic as, as, a, uh, as, a, as a reason to, to not accept evolution as a valid theory in terms of the development of all animals on, 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 uh, on our planet. And that includes us. And I know that for a lot of people, the Bible story about the creation of man is a very literal thing for them. And that for a lot of other people, it's looked as uh, a symbolism. For a lot of people, symbols, those signs, they, they represent a reason to turn something around. And, uh, and whoever you give that credit to, whether it's yourself, your family, your friends, or, or God, or the world, or whatever it is, it's, it's you finding meaning in something in particular. Probably the most disingenuous thing you can do is to apply that to someone else. If you really think about it, every time, every time you've ever been uh, just, just struggling to go on, just, just looking for any reason to, to, to quit or to keep going, we, we always look for some sort of reasoning, uh, some, some vindication, some, some encouragement, some verification, some love. We want, we want to know that what we're doing or what we're thinking about doing is the right thing to do. And to me, that, that search is very personal. It's, it's strange to me that people would look at signs and, and think that those should be applied to other people because I think it's selfish to take someone else's search for those signs out of, out of play, out of, out of their lives and say, no, I already have the answers. God spoke to me and only me, and he's telling me what you should do. Due to the very definition of human life, there is no way to live what one might consider a perfect life. Even taking the Bible into account, Jesus himself, who lived his life in a way that was supposed to please his father, still found a way to cross other people. And according to their, their rules and their lives and their beliefs, this person was the villain of their story. At the end of the day, the only thing they had to... to determine whether or not they were right or he was right was faith in their own beliefs and that that faith 
is what becomes dangerous. In, in your own life, in whatever decisions you have to make, and, and however that you're making those decisions, it's your faith in your method that determines whether you're comfortable making that decision or not. The difference between what religion would, would indicate as faith and what a normal person putting their confidence in something is, in, in faith is that one of those is a blind faith. Religion asks for a blind faith. We don't have the answers. Therefore, you have to take it on faith that this is what will be taken care of. Whereas a person who has faith in, say, the scientific method would do so knowing that there's hundreds of years of experience behind the results produced by that particular method. And that if you don't follow that method, your results aren't coming from a reproducible place where... The, the, the information that you've gathered could be um, repeated by someone outside of your experience. And people put faith in signs. People, my father especially, um, used to look for usually signals for why you shouldn't do something. Occasionally, he would tell you, um, I, you know, if it's hard to do, it's not meant to be. And actually, as I've grown up, I found the opposite. The only things that were truly worth doing were the things that weren't easy. Easy comes no matter what. Easy finds its own way. When you fight for something, then it seems like that was meant to be. You were, you were there. You were in the right place at the right time. It's strange to me, it was always strange to me, that my father was a person who would look for reasons not to do something, considering he was a man who decided to quit smoking and quit drinking, both cold turkey um, basically because he had a family he found a reason to do something or to not do something I guess maybe the the logic still holds signs are scary things I know that uh, I spent a little bit of time in Vegas not a lot but I know that some people look for for any reason to go pull a slot I know that some people look for any reason to go out and have a drink I know that some people look for any reason to do things that that maybe they shouldn't be doing in the same divinity that we find some sort of explanation for what we should be doing and why some people find truly depraved things but again that's very personal it's something that you're looking for it's in your own experience this is this is what we were looking for the moon is full and Maybe that's what somebody needed to take a life. It's always a scary thing to kind of compare that kind of mentality, that kind of violence to, to how people make decisions, whether it be religious or otherwise. People who look for signs, people for looking for reasons, people looking for the, the time being right. All of that is, is so subjective. It's for anybody for any reason but it's not without its use. Anyone who's ever fired a bow would know that you have to draw the bow and you can't just, it's not like a pistol. You can't just pull the trigger when you see the sights lined up. You have to prepare and you have to wait for the right moment. And you have to wait for your sign. That's, that's a personal thing. If you're in, if you're in archery, you, you wait for 
the draw to finish. You wait for whatever it is that you're using to site up, to line up. You're waiting for the wind to be favorable. And maybe actually in that way, it's not that different. In competition shooting, you force the moment. But there's still a moment. There's still that, that time when your, your grip is where it's supposed to be, where your heart has settled back down to where it's supposed to be. At the end of the day, we're all looking for a reason to do the things that we need to do and a reason to do the things that we want to do. I know that I've found reasons for myself and I no longer have to wait for signals to feel like the time is right. At least not for most things. But that's for me. That's, that's my own personal attitude. That's what I've developed for myself. I know that one of the things that I practice is a personal meditation. It's not, I never, I never sit down and, and clear my mind and, and, and stop and, and stop the world and think about how I feel. I don't need that for myself. I, I know how I feel. And I know to ask myself, why do I feel that way? And it became very apparent that there was a cycle of hesitation. And ironically, it's one of the things that I have to work on as a competition shooter is to remove that cycle of hesitation. Okay, why, why have I stopped? What's the reasoning? What am I waiting for? Am I uncomfortable? Am I looking for permission? Do I need some sort of validation? Personally, I think that's what most of us use signs for. I think we're looking for permission or validation and that in our own minds it it feels more official when it comes from outside and i'll tell you that for the most part you don't you don't need that but if you want to continue using that that's that's fine i can't tell you not to it's your life but you have to just take a moment the next time somebody uses a sign somebody somebody interprets the actions of of a deity Somebody tells you that God's judgment is coming. And just, just call them out on that. Tell them that signs are personal and that they have no right to force one upon you and that they have no right to interpret it for you. Because the one you will find, the one that you need to find for you, you'll find it when you're ready. It's been a couple of episodes since I've said this, but Focus is a Patreon-supported podcast, and I want to thank our Patreon supporters. I know that uh, I didn't mention this the last couple times, but I felt that the, the message was a little intense and that I didn't want to break it up with that. Um, I, I, maybe that's a little pretentious for me, but, uh, but I'm a pretentious guy. That's just, just who I am, I guess. I, um, I, I guess... This, this was a little more lighthearted. I, I tried a couple of other subjects that I, I wasn't really ready to tackle. Um, but, but it's kind of, kind of personal too. It's, it's something that I've been um, meditating on personally. And I guess we'll talk about medita- meditation in, in a little bit. Uh, and and how, how I apply that in my own life. Not how you should apply it. So, uh, just, just here we are, you know back towards the uh, the end 
So thank you again, Anastasia Beaverhausen, Vigilante, the Bright Prince, and, uh, and Enrique Ramos. Thank you again for your support. It means the world. If you'd like to uh, say anything, if you want to tell me that I'm a blasph- blasphemous idiot, uh, if you want to disagree with me or, or agree with me, or if you have anything to say, you could always respond to this or in podcast form, send me an email, ron at focusbycisco.com, S-I-S-K-O. Uh, otherwise, if you decide to share this with anyone, I hope you do that because it meant something to you and not because you thought they should hear it. Although sometimes it sounds like they should hear it, huh? I'll see you when the plot requires it. But until next time, thanks for listening and be excellent to each other.